Pastor Xavier Reese says we honor God with our labor and worship Him in our rest. Paul commanded servants who were Christians to be the best workers in the Lord. Man worships God when he works honorably, consistently, and faithfully. But he must remember that Sunday is for the worship of God. I give God one day. He will be faithful to provide the rest. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. For you make me glad by your deeds, O Lord. I sing for joy at the works of your hands. It's interesting that as the Creator of heaven and earth, the one action God did as an example for us to follow was to make the seventh day a day of rest from labor, to teach us on that day to give Him the glory of His works. Let's listen to Pastor Xavier concluding our simple truth study of the fourth commandment, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Remember what we stated about the two tables of the commandments. The first table deal with man's relationship to God, that vertical axis. And the first two commandments dealt with thoughts, right? The third with words, and this fourth one with deeds. Thoughts, words, and deeds. Notice of the progression. This is where it ends. It's real simple. The Bible also commanded that the land rests every sabbatic year, as I told you. Now, it was that the land would replenish the soil itself to reproduce a better crop. We know it as crop rotation today. But they got greedy, and they wanted to get that extra year, so they depleted the land, and they, it was one of the reasons for going into captivity. What a great illustration. Now, that's an illustration to our body. Your body, your mind, your spirit needs rest. One day a week. Just kick back. You understand? Relax. Think on God. Thank Him. You need to change that pace. There are crises. There are times we have to go, but we can't live on adrenaline. You understand? That's why people are all messed up today. There are two problems with work. Some don't like to work. And others, that's all they do, work. Listen to Paul in 2 Thessalonians 3.10. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Don't feed him at all. Wow, pretty strict. As we have noted, work is part of God's creative order. For before the fall, Adam was to cultivate the garden. Afterwards, it was through the sweat of his brow. Nevertheless, it was a design and part of that design from the beginning. Paul commanded servants who were Christians to be the best workers in the Lord. Ephesians 6, 5 through 8 and Colossians 3, 22 through 24. If you're a Christian, you should be giving your employee the best eight hours of the day. Not with eye service as man pleasers. You shouldn't be preaching or teaching about the word of God during those eight hours. You should let your light shine. By being a hard worker. You shouldn't be hiding in the bathroom. You shouldn't have someone else punch you in. You're to be the best worker wherever he has placed you to work and provided your material things. You understand? There's a lot of lazy people in the world and there's a lot of lazy Christians. Solomon hated lazy people. Read Ecclesiastes. Read the Proverbs. 
He says, like that man who lays on his bed and he turns over like a hinge. Or the man who says, I can't go out there. There's a line on the road. Our society is full of lazy people because the government has given that entitlement mentality. You're entitled for one thing, go to work. And the other one is a non-believer to go to hell. But you don't have to go to hell. But you have to go to work. Rabbis put it this way. He who doesn't teach his son a trade teaches him to steal. Jesus worked as a carpenter his first 30 years, by the way. The person who is able to work and refuse to work or even look for work should not be fed by the Christian community. That's what Paul says. Pretty harsh? I don't think so. I'm not talking about people who have fallen in bad times. I'm not talking about people falling in an accident. I'm talking about people who are just lazy and they know the system. The church is full of them. The person who refuses to work and demands help is taking advantage of the Christian community. And all it does is perpetuate their life practice and the problem. The Dedicate of the 12 after the first century was written up. They taught three things. Certain things when they came, someone came in the name of the Lord. First, he couldn't stay more than two days. Kind of like relatives. Two days, okay? <laughs> Secondly, if they settle with you, they must have a craft to work and eat. That's good. Third, if he refused to work, he was merchandising you. Real simple. It's really not that difficult, people. Man worships God when he works honorably, consistently, and faithfully. But he must remember that Sunday is for the worship of God. I give God one day. He will be faithful to provide the rest. We are to worship God in praise. Psalm 150 verse 6 says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I presume you're breathing this morning. The words used in the Old Testament are numerous. The word halal means to acclaim, to boast, to glory in, and there are a group of psalms called the halal psalms, Psalm 113 to 118. The word yada, to praise, to give thanks, and to confess God's goodness is used. The word todah focuses on acknowledging the work and character of God in contrast to man's failures. The word zamar, to sing praise, to make musical, focusing on the use of instruments and music in praise to God, which many of the psalms, as you know, are written to be accompanied with cymbal, harp, organ, timbrel, trumpet, so on and so forth. The subheading will tell you that. Satan, Lucifer, you know, was acquired director in heaven until he fell, Ezekiel 28, 13. Music belongs to God. Satan's hijacked it. The word to praise is another word, a command directed to God in rich adoration. The instruments and music are amoral. Too much has been made about that. I care about the words. You can have rock and roll music. You can have a guitar. They're not saying anything. It's the words. The words must glorify God. You understand? It's not the beat. You ever hear a Hebrew song? They're into it, man. The words in the New Testament are also interesting. The word anil 
Praise appears nine times in the New Testament. The angels appear, the shepherds there, and the heavenly hosts appear, praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest, Luke 2.13. The word ainos is another form of this word found two times in the New Testament. Uh, Matthew 21.16, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. There's another related form found, epinaios, which means to applaud. It's interesting. Six times in the New Testament. The master commended the unjust steward. Remember Luke 16, 8? Jesus used the parable to teach that the sons of the world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. We are to be faithful in the unrighteous mammon for eternal things. It was the master who commended, who applauded literally the steward, not Jesus. Jesus didn't applaud him for his dishonesty. He took the shrewdness of that evil servant... Because he was lazy, and he commended the shrewdness of him. Okay? He says, learn from an example. It was the master who applauded him, not Jesus. And sometimes the sons of darkness, where we were all at, living at, are more shrewd with money because we are motivated for our own interests than Christians are motivated for the kingdom of God. Do you understand? And that's what he's teaching. When one is applauded, it means well done. That's what he said. The word appears 111 times in a different form. And it's translated praise. Now, the word doxa is also found. It means glory, dignity, majesty appears 168 times in the New Testament. Jesus said, then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud and power and great doxa, glory. Luke 21, 27. Then there's the word umil, to him, celebrate in song, found four times in the New Testament. At midnight, Paul and Silas, as you know, were praying and singing hymns to God, Acts 16, 25. The cognate form is found in the following, Ephesians 5 and Colossians 3. Listen to both, Ephesians 5, 19 and 20. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, Singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Worship. Through obedience to God's word, we worship. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Now we know that God hears not sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him, John 9, 31. Obedience is worship. I give you honor due. I obey because I worship you. Obedience is one form of worship to God then. Through our private and quiet times, we worship also, as I've mentioned, meditate Within your heart, on your bed, and be still. Psalm 4, 4 says. Do you take time when you go to bed? Finish the day with the Lord, thanking Him. Be still and know that I'm God. Psalm 46, 10. Remember the believer is to sing songs and hymns in his heart in Ephesians 5 and in Colossians Ephesians is the result of the Holy Spirit, and Colossians is the result of the Word. The Word and the Holy Spirit give us proper worship, ladies and gentlemen. 
And so the explanation magnifying the fourth commandment is distinguishing the Sabbath from the other six days. Now notice third and last in verse 11. The reason given by God for demanding a day of rest to worship him was the act of creation. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the seas, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God declared with all authority and without apologies that he created all things in six days. That's it. He did it. In six days the Lord made heaven and earth, confirming the Genesis record in chapter 1. God spoke everything into existence. Chapter 1 of Genesis, and God said, light be, boom, boom, boom. God said, God said, God said, God said, over and over again. Psalm 33, 6 says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. There's the commentary. <laughs> Agreeing with Genesis. The sun is so large that if we were to hollow it, it could contain more than one million worlds the size of our earth. There are stars in space so large they could easily hold 500 million suns the size of ours. There are about 100 billion stars in the average galaxy. And there are at least 100 million galaxies in the known universe. Do you think it just exploded and happened? Then I've got a bridge to sell you. God declared he created the seas and all the sea life. Notice that. All of them. And the third and the fifth day, God created the sea and the sea life. The seas are massive. You ever been on the ocean? Whoa, it's huge. Huge ships. You get out there and it's like a little pimple. Ooh, powerful. Full of creatures we haven't even seen. The last tsunami that came, fish were put on the shore that we've never even seen. I've got some pictures of them. They look prehistoric. Listen to the Psalms regarding the seas. Psalm 95.5, the sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Psalm 104.9, you have set a boundary that they may not pass over, that they may not turn or return to cover the earth, the tides with the moon. God says, here no more. Wow. Notice still verse 11, God declared he rested after he finished creation. The word rest, again, means to cease or to stop. The idea being that God left off his work creation because he was finished, completed. He didn't leave it and then it evolved. It was done. Listen to Genesis 1.31 to 2.3. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening the morning of the sixth day, thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work that he hadn't done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, set it apart, holy. He rested from all his works which God had created and made. Asa and Bara. Bara, he made from nothing. Asa, from existing material that he created from nothing. Two different Hebrew words. Interesting. God declared he made the Sabbath holy. Notice, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God set the Sabbath as a day of celebration for his creation. God set the Sabbath as a day of admiration for his creation. And God set the Sabbath day as a consecration for man, his creation. You understand? Now the other reason given by God for demanding the day of rest to worship God was, in fact, for redemption. We don't get it here. We get it in the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy 5.15. Listen to what it says. 
And remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath. The people of God were to remember and never forget that they had been slaves in Egypt. Don't ever forget where you came from, ladies and gentlemen. 430 years in captivity. They were slaves of Pharaoh, type of Satan. The people of God were to remember and never forget that the Lord their God brought them out of Egypt what? with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. It was his doing, no one else. They were spared from their firstborn being killed. They crossed the Red Sea on dry land. They saw the Egyptian army perish. God did it. The people of God were to remember and never forget that this was the reason the Lord Yahweh commanded them to keep the Sabbath day. They were fed by God with manna. So the Sabbath, they could rest twice as much on Friday. Wow. They were to set the Sabbath aside to worship God as a holy day, not a holiday, <laughs> a holy day. When Queen Victoria had just ascended her throne and went as her custom was of royalty to hear the Messiah rendered, she had been instructed by those who were expert in conduct and they knew how to conduct themselves, that she must not rise as others stood in the singing of the Hallelujah Chorus. When that magnificent chorus was being sung and the singers were shouting, Hallelujah, 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 for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth, she sat with great, great difficulty. It seems that she would rise in spite of the customs of kings and queens. But finally, when they came to the part of the chorus when with a shout they proclaim him king of kings suddenly the young queen rose and stood with bowed head as if she would take her crown off and cast it at his feet you understand what I'm talking about this morning the church has lost this you think the church is entertainment a place for pastors to be Popular. To have pastors sign autographed Bibles. What? I didn't write the Bible. Why am I autographing Bibles? We worship Jesus because he is God and creator. Listen to Revelation 4.11. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. We were made to worship God by design, but man is a rebel, fights against it, and adds to his own hurt. We're to recognize that worship is the theme of heaven. The elders are prostrated there in that text. Get used to it. If worship is the theme of heaven, that's what it should be here on earth, in the church. We're to worship Jesus because he redeemed us and made us a kingdom of kings and priests, as Revelation 5, 9 through 10 says that they sang that new song to him. The only people that can meet that description is the church of Jesus Christ. The church has been raptured and is before the throne of God prior to the tribulation and great tribulation, making us a kingdom of priests and kings who were lost and rebels, taking us from enemies to being his children, regardless of how moral or immoral we were. He died when we were ungodly. I presume you qualify and forgave us as his enemies and therefore he can expect of us to do the same for others, those who have hurt us purposely, those who sin against us, that as he has forgiven us, we forgive others when there's a plea of forgiveness. You understand? 
We are debtors, ladies and gentlemen. Forgiveness is not an option when there's true repentance. The Sabbath was given to Israel only, God's covenant people, never to any other nation. You realize that? This is an eternal covenant with Israel. Leviticus 16, 31, it's a solemn feast of Israel, and it's said to be a statute forever. Leviticus 24, 8, it calls it an everlasting covenant to Israel, context, never the church. Nehemiah, when he went back to rebuild the walls and everything else, Nehemiah 13, 21, and there's many passages, but this one will do. Why do you spend the night around the wall? If you do this again, I will lay hands on you. I like Nehemiah. From that time on, they came no more on the Sabbath. Work for money. Always a bad motive. You understand? You worship God. Work the six days. You give God one day. The Sabbath will be reinstated in two future periods. The tribulation period, Matthew 24, 20 says, Make, pray that your flight's not in Sabbath day. In the millennial kingdom, the sign of perpetual covenant between God and Israel. Deuteronomy 30, verse 8, Isaiah 66, 23, and Ezekiel 46, 1. Just some of the passages. So the Christian is not under the law and covenant of the Sabbath day. But still, we fulfill that one day by worshiping God on Sunday. Listen to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath in fulfillment of Messiahship in Matthew 12, 8. Jesus then said in Matthew eleven twenty nine through 30, He said, Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I am gentle and lowly in heart, and I will, you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He is our rest. The Lord rose from the dead on the first day of the week, Sunday, John 20, 19. That's when the switch came over. All the first church was Jews. And they didn't do it on Sabbath. They did it on Sunday. In fact, in Acts 20, verse 7, when Paul is preaching all night and Eutychus falls from the third loft, it says here, And the Christian church met on the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread. First day of the week. 1 Corinthians 16, 2, regarding your tithes and offerings. He says, On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay aside something, storing up as he has may prosper, that there be no collection when I come. First day of the week, they met. Everything in the Old Testament is prophetic of Christ, in types and shadows to come. Listen to Hebrews 4, uh, 10, 7. Behold, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. He's our Sabbath. In fact, the author to Hebrews, in Hebrews 4, 3 through 4, speaking of Christ, listen very carefully. For we who have believed do enter that rest. As he said, so I swore in my wrath, there shall not enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. So we enter into the rest, our rest, which is Jesus Christ. You understand? And we give him Sunday. Wow. The interpretation for the fourth commandment, the Sabbath is the creation of the world in six days. Here's the interpretation. This is where you get it from. This fourth commandment is needed today. But on Sunday, as a Christian church, you understand? You need to kick back a day. You need to reflect. You need to worship God. You need to change gears. The proclamation of the fourth commandment was to set one day apart for the worship of God. 
The explanation magnifying the fourth commandment was by distinguishing the Sabbath from the other six days. And the interpretation for the fourth commandment is the Sabbath is the creation of the world in six days. Pastor Xavier Reese, wrapping up the simple truths inherent in the fourth commandment as we remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now, just before we close, let me quickly mention that copies of today's study titled God is to be obeyed for the Sabbath are available on CD for just $4. And this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Now, that title to ask for once again is God is to be obeyed for the Sabbath. Or you can mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com